It's the Overnight Scape Central once more. And uh, yeah, PQ, uh, well, that, that, I'm, I don't know. I'm not dumping the PQ River thing, but uh, I'm Brett, the appreciator as well. And uh, yeah, quick plug, I continue to uh, do the appreciator series right here on the Overnight Scape Underground. And it posts on YouTube if that's any more convenient or cool or easy for you to share because, you know, the people don't like to go to that f- site that's they never heard of. Uh, yeah, the, it, it's moving along, and I'm very happy with uh, the show and appreciate the appreciation of uh, some of our uh hosts and friends of mine and uh even the the mysterious unappreciator who's been sending us comments there but uh we are here to start doing a few of the after the beatles broke up compilations that were released to kind of complete the collection on lps uh b-sides uh songs that got left off of uh, either american or uh, UK albums, and uh, this is the Beatles' Rarities, a compilation that was later replaced by, I think, the Beatles' Past Masters, which I said we were going to go over, but really, for all intents and purposes, Past Masters is a kind of just variant. So next week, we're going to go on to the anthology, but uh, the first volume, but I'll tell you all about that a little later. Right now, we're talking about the Rarities album, and um, we hear from Frank Edward Nora. Um, It's just Frank and I, as far as I can tell, unless something slips in under the door uh, at the last minute here. But you can uh, do a makeup our uh, follow-up and all the instructions for that again as ever are at the end of this transmission and without further ado we may as well get on with it and hand the floor over to the master of the onsug a great weasel as well frank edward nora so of course in the in their initial run the beatles released a ton of songs in so many different ways. Yes, there were the albums, but of course the American version versus the British versions were all different up to a certain point. Then there were a lot of singles, and and a lot of times the singles would not be released on the albums. And there were other songs that just sort of were scattered around. So I think the, uh, the Beatles' Rarities album here, the UK version, which we're talking about from 1978... I think it was a way of collecting a lot of these songs um, that would be hard to get uh, somewhere else. Let me read what it says here. Rarities is a British uh, compilation album featuring a selection of songs by the Beatles. The album was originally released as part of the Beatles collection, a box set featuring all other Beatles records, but was later issued individually. The album has not been released on CD, but all of the tracks are available on the double CD compilation Past Masters. So yeah, obviously a record like this was needed, and in that 87-88 time period when they finally released all the Beatles albums on CD, this was a new system, a new way of uh, presenting the Beatles, right? Uh, In which they decided to take the original British versions of all the albums, right? Forget the American versions. And then they created Past Masters Volumes 1 and 2, so a two-CD set that contained uh, all the rest of the songs that 
uh, you could have gotten in the official releases, right? Uh, B-sides, A-sides, singles, what, what have you. Um, but of course, they also they use the American version of Magical Mystery Tour, I believe. We've gone through all this in the past few weeks, all of the strange configurations of releases. So I guess Rarities was the first uh, to actually sort of go down this road to kind of collect the hard-to-find stuff. And now, of course, we, you know, as PQ mentioned, you know, after Past Masters, then, of course, the next big release is, is the three-volume uh, three anthology, which released a lot of stuff that was from the vaults, basically, not stuff that had been released. Um, and now, with a lot of the deluxe reissues, a lot of the 50th anniversary versions, additional stuff is being released that had never been released. So there's still a lot of Beatles stuff coming out. Of course, we're still waiting for the one big unreleased Beatles song, Carnival of Light, has never been released, was only uh, played in public, I think, once at some festival in the late 60s. Uh, and I'm sure there's still more stuff to come out, but we have gotten a lot, and we're still getting more. I have to think Carnival of Light will come at some point. Let's hope. Let's hope. So continuing here, it says, Rarities was conceived to include lesser-known songs that were not included on any other original Beatles album. These included B-sides of singles, two German-language recordings, the tracks from an EP with exclusive material, a song recorded for the American market, and a version of Across the Universe that had previously appeared on a World Wildlife Fund charity record. Right, because Across the Universe was on Let It Be, right? Yeah. Um, another uh, unreleased or unre-released aspect of the Beatles is the Christmas albums, which uh, you can usually find on YouTube, but the Christmas albums are also... I don't know if they've ever gotten an official re-release. They probably should. I mean, they've done everything else for the Beatles. Those are worthwhile, I think. The choice of selection seems to assume that the customer already has all the regular issue British albums, that is, the albums included in the 1978 box set, along with the career-spanning compilations... 1962 to 1966 and 1967 to 1970, the, the red album and the blue album. And the Magical Mystery Tour LP, which was originally only released in the U.S., but not a collection of Beatles oldies or Hey Jude. Such a collector would own copies of every song in the entire Beatles catalog except for all those songs provided on rarities. Such a collector would still be missing the original single version of Love Me Do, however, this track, which went out of print in late 63, was not available anywhere until its inclusion on the 1980 American version of Rarities. It was, a it was finally made available in Britain again in 1982 on the Love Me Do 12-inch single. See, this is where things, when there's these different versions of the songs, that, that gets very complicated. Um, yeah, so all these songs, and we'll go over the track listings, but they, they are available on uh, Past Masters. In the 1980s, uh, the 1980 album, Rar Beatles Rarities, I actually have a copy of this. Uh, let's see. The, uh, it was inspired by the British version, right? Most of the tracks on the Beatles collection disc titled Rarities were already available on American Beatles LPs, right? So all the different versions of the, of the records that came out in America, they did include a lot of those singles. 
As a result, Capitol assembled an album of Beatles tracks that were considered rare in America. They included tracks not previously issued on a Capitol or Apple LP, and alternative versions of several well-known songs which were also not readily available in America. A highlight of the album was a gatefold sleeve featuring the controversial Butcher photo from the 1966 Yesterday and Today album. Although the Capitol Rarities album was geared toward the American market, it was also issued in several other countries, including Australia, Canada, France, Japan, and New Zealand. The Rarities album has not been released on compact disc. All but three of the tracks were subsequently made available on other Beatles CDs, such as the Beatles' 2009 mono and stereo box sets. After the album was released in 1980, Paul McCartney stated that it was quite good. So, anyway... And I did find a post that has the uh, liner notes from the one we're talking about, the British 1978 Parlophone version. So we can check that out and check out some, uh, some liner notes from the time, from uh, 1978. Here we go. This is from a blog post, but I'm assuming it's accurate. <coughs> Beatles rarities? There's no such thing, surely. Nothing the Beatles released could be rare, not with the sales they've chalked up around the world. You could probably wallpaper the entire Abbey Road Studios with gold and silver albums. They've all sold over a million copies around the world. Unless you mean unreleased demos and stuff. No, there's nothing here that hasn't been released before, although a couple of tracks have never been released in Britain before. What's meant by rarities are the B-sides of various singles and tracks from EPs which have never been put on an album. Some of them have got lost over the years, Everybody who bought a copy of She Loves You, and one and a half million people did in Britain alone, must have played the flip side, I'll Get You, a handful of times at least, but how many people have played it in the last decade? If you're old enough to remember, even if you'll only admit it to yourself, most of the songs here will come at you with the same mixture of surprise and pleasure that you get from meeting somebody by chance in the street who you used to know years ago but had forgotten about. And if you're young enough, then it's quite likely that you won't have heard several of the songs before. Whatever, you'll find this fun. So let's check out the goodies. Across the Universe is not the Phil Spector-produced version that's on the Let It Be album. It dates from earlier than that and was originally donated to the World Wildlife Fund compilation album Nothing's Gonna Change Our World, which was released in January 1970. It features John and Paul on vocals with backup vocals done by a, a couple of girls they roped in from the street during the session. Lennon has always rated this as one of his favorite Beatles songs. Wow, imagine that. These, these girls that were brought in. Hey, you want to come sing on our record? <laughs> nice. Words are flowing out like endless rain into... Yes. Yes, it is, backed Ticket to Ride and came out in April 1965. Nobody would claim it as one of the Beatles' more distinguished compositions, but like so many of the, their B-sides, it gave them a chance to try out some new instrumental and vocal ideas away from the commercial glare of an A-side or an album. In case you're wondering, the sensitive whine that's an integral part of the arrangement is George Harrison playing with a volume tone pedal a device that's pretty old hat now, but was something new in those days. This boy, remember that song? This boy, do do do, dig my love, right? 
is in a similar vein, although it's some 18 months earlier. In fact, it could claim to be the biggest selling rarity in the world, as it was the flip side of I Want to Hold Your Hand, which sold over 5 million copies worldwide. The cleverly arranged and tightly performed harmonies were something of a revelation at the time. You mean these boys can actually sing? That's Paul on the top line vocals, by the way, but listen to the way John subtly alters the harmonic shades underneath. The Inner Light is a George Harrison effort that found its way on, onto the back of Lady Madonna in March 1968. It bears the strong Indian influence that excuse me, that uh, pervaded all his work at the time and is his first impression of the Maharishi Yogi's transcendental meditation. Simple yet joyful. McCartney says of it, forget the Indian music and listen to the melody. Don't you think it's a beautiful melody? It's really lovely. I'll Get You, as we've mentioned before, had the honor to share the same vinyl as the immortal She Loves You. And even has the audacity to start with Oh Yeah as the opening line. It has all the hallmarks of an early Lennon-McCartney 60s beat group composition, straightforward but delivered with that unique Beatles style. John and Paul were turning out songs like this in their sleep at one time, but there's many a Liverpool band who would have given their adenoids to have this as their A-side. Thank You, Girl is even earlier from the B-side of their third single, From Me to You released in April 1963. The wailing harmonica and basic instrumental backing gives the song a real cavern club flavor, right down to the primitive echo on the vocals at the end. Come Gibnir Dina Hand and Siliptik are respectively I Want to Hold Your Hand and She Loves You, sung in German. They were released together as a single in Germany in January 1964, as an acknowledgment of the Beatles' Hamburg apprenticeship. This is the first time they've been released in Britain, although they did come out in America at the height of of Beatlemania there when a record of the Fab Four scratching themselves would have gotten in the charts. German is not the world's easiest or most evocative language to sing in, but the Beatles' own character sees them through. Knowing John's sense of humor at the time, I just hope somebody checked the translation. You Know My Name, Look Up the Number, qualifies as the curio of the album. Not to mention the the Beatles' entire recorded output. It it originally came out as the B-side of Let It Be in March 1970, but would you believe it was once considered an A-side? It's a prime example of Lennon's scrambled consciousness that had previously been aired on some tracks on the Double White album. It's a cheerful piece of self-mockery that debunks everything in sight. Let's hear it for Dennis O'Dell. You know my name? Rain could fairly claim to be one of the strongest Beatles B-sides ever recorded. It's a great song. The rain comes supporting paperback writer when it was released in June 1966. It was an early excursion into the realms of expanded consciousness at a time when most of us thought grass was something you sat on. At the end, John can be heard singing backwards, a trick he stumbled across when he took a demo for the song Home with him one night. 
and in his stoned reverie inadvertently played it backwards in his tape recorder. So now you know. She's a Woman was the flip side of I Feel Fine, which came out in November 1964, in the wake of the Hard Day's Night triumph. It's clear evidence of McCartney's burgeoning confidence as a singer and composer. The song is sharply syncopated and demands and gets an alert instrumental approach. She don't give boys the eye. Turn me on when I get lonely. People tell me that she's only fooling. I know she isn't. Great song. Over the top, Paul sings with firm conviction. It's just one of those tracks that couldn't have been written by any other group in the world. She's a woman who understands. I Call Your Name, Matchbox, Long Tall Sally, and Slow Down were collectively issued as the Long Tall Sally EP in June 1964. Only I Call Your Name was a Beatles composition, and even that had been given to Billy J. Kramer earlier as the B-side of Bad to Me, a Lennon-McCartney composition the group never recorded themselves. The other three tracks are standard rockers that the Beatles had been playing for years. And just in case you thought they couldn't play real rock and roll, here's the proof to the contrary. Higher energy than this you could not get in 1964. Bad Boy is a genuine evergreen Beatles rarity. A Larry Williams song, he wrote Slow Down as well, it first cropped up on the American album Beatles 6. The American Beatles albums bear little relation to the English albums up until Revolver. In the summer of 1965, but it didn't appear in Britain until November 1966, when it turned up as part of a collection of oldies, but goldies, compilation. It was rather swamped by a mess of million-selling chartbusters, but uh, there, but in the context of this album, it holds its head up with a good deal more confidence. I'm Down is the Beatles having the audacity to take on Chuck Berry at his own game, originally to be found on the flip side of Help, released in July 1965, it rattles along at a breakneck speed with John pummeling what passed for an organ in those days, fit to bust. The song was also one of the highlights of the Beatles' legendary Shea Stadium gig a month later. Only true Beatles followers could claim to have more than half the tracks on this album and only diehard fanatics could boast over 80%. So on any level, this album represents a collector's item and some fine rock and roll to boot. So there you go, there's the liner notes. The cover is pretty simple, it's just kind of a blue background with kind of gray type, the Beatles, rarities, and then they list the songs kind of diagonally at the bottom there. But yeah, the uh, you know as, as I think as we saw, Last time, right, the endless versions of things, especially Let It Be, Let It Be Naked, Let It Be 2021 Remix, the Rooftop album, there's so much, even till today, on streaming, so many different versions of Beatles things. So, With all the additional tracks that have been released on all of these uh, special editions, there is really, I don't know if there's any one place you can go to get all this stuff. I, I, I don't know. I mean... I guess you would have, if you wanted to own these tracks, you'd have to have bought all of these, the various anthologies, super special editions, super deluxe editions, etc. over the years. 
But of course, I, I know all these songs from from the past masters, which I did get the CDs of back back around when I started my Beatlemania, my personal Beatlemania around 1990 or so. So I had all those. I think I had all those. I think I had all the CDs, or at least most of them. But the past masters was really important because it had all those songs you really couldn't get anywhere else. But apparently, you know, there's still a lot of studio outtakes that have been in circulation that still have not been released, I think. Though a lot of the studio stuff has been released at this point. Carnival of Light, of course. And then uh, I think a ton of live recordings, right, that have not been released as well. There's a lot of Beatles stuff that is still out there. Um, yet to be uh, officially released, let's say. But... I do wonder, there's a, another type of Beatle rarity that we don't have access to at this time, but something that I've thought about a lot, I'm sure many people have, Beatles records from alternate realities, right? Specifically, I think the main question is, right, using the narrative that Paul did die in 1966 and was replaced by a lookalike, which of course took the Beatles down a very different path, right? Starting with uh, the White Album, right? Yeah. Or my... Yeah. No, Sgt. Pepper, I'm sorry. Starting with Sgt. Pepper. Sgt. Pepper is the first album after the uh, the new Paul. Again, most people don't believe there's a new Paul. They they don't they think it was all just a rumor. They don't think it was r- real. Uh, but anyway, let's just say, right, we saw what happened. Uh, Paul dies, in, say, in November 1966. Bro- a replacement is brought in, and then so much of the music, as I've been talking about extensively, is uh, sort of the songs are all sort of about Paul having died. So many references and um, symbolism and, and backwards messages and all sorts of things like that, right? And I think that in this theory, this is our timeline, um, Yoko Ono was brought in as, as as John's handler, essentially, to keep him under control because he was the one that uh, was I, I would have been the hardest to control uh, in this situation, assuming it was some Illuminati-like organization that put this whole thing together, not allowing them to re- reveal Paul died, but instead bringing in this other person to be Paul, which is insane. It is crazy that Yoko Ono was John's... Uh, was, that's why she was sitting next to John at all times, you know, especially when you see the Let It Be sessions, you know, the Get Back series, to keep him under control. And uh, so we know at that point what happened. Great music, incredible music obviously came about in that timeline. But what if? What if Paul did not die in that car accident? Again, just let's play devil's advocate for a minute, right? Um, We could then see in 67 probably a different album than Sgt. Pepper because Sgt. Pepper seems to be all about this stuff. And then, right, they had to break up because... Uh, of the uh, utter misery of, of of this charade, this masquerade, uh, the other Beatles just were simply, it was just too painful to continue on, and I'm sure they wanted to get out as soon as they could. But if Paul didn't die, then there's a chance they could have stayed together and continued making songs all through the 70s and 80s and 90s and 2000s, all of that other music, right? All, I'm sure, in that timeline, which would be a timeline very similar to our timeline, 
uh, on they'd all be available on the internet of that other world and we wouldn't have to actually travel there necessarily to go to a record store and pick up the records uh, we would just need to be able to transfer information ones and zeros from another dimension another reality another timeline which I think considering you know the the very serious talk of uh, quantum computing in recent years where they're saying that if you build a quantum computer it is in contact with other copies of itself in other alternate timelines and dimensions uh, that you could see potentially a, a means of uh, retrieving such information that is you could tap into the internet of another world and get those records so I'm, I'm sure some people would consider this to be impossible, uh, but I think it could be possible. Then, of course, we have another um, possibility in terms of creating these albums, which is uh, to, you know, for the advanced AI systems um, to uh, create. Essentially, a, a, a incredibly detailed simulation of the world, including the people, right? And uh, create AI models of the Beatles and all of those around them. And um, right, and the way you could do this is you could continue to refine the models until you would then uh, have those virtual Beatles in an AI si si uh, simulation go into the recording studio and see what they record. And you'd keep refining the models until they recorded all the albums we know, all the songs we know today in this timeline, right? So like the idea is that you would create a, a virtual John, Paul, George, and Ringo, a virtual recording studio, and in fact the entire world, and have them run through and, and create these songs and... Uh, Right, I'm sure the initial few rounds, the songs would bear no resemblance to anything real. But once you got it super, super detailed, even to the point of trying to figure out, which I know would be almost impossible, all the little influences and observations that led to the songs being written, I think that you could then, um, once this reached an advanced stage, you could then uh, create new situations and have the Beatles uh, write virtual AI Beatles write a new songs and new albums. And I know we've had some instances of a new AI Beatles work recently, but I'm talking about something much more advanced. Though, of course, it still wouldn't be necessarily the real thing. Um, but it would be interesting. If it got to that point, we, we could almost approximate those alternate reality uh, albums. But I know AI-generated music has just started to become controversial, and it's, it's in its early days, and all this AI stuff. Ah, what do you want? Let me see if there's, if there's any news on Carnival of Light, because that's, that's the biggest rarity left, I think, that we know of. Let's see. Carnival of Light is an unreleased avant-garde recording by The Beatles. Commissioned for the Million Volt Light and Sound Rave, an event, an event held at the Roundhouse in London on January 28th and February 4th, 1967. 
Recorded during a session for the song Penny Lane, Carnival of Light is nearly 14 minutes long and contains distorted, echo-laden sounds of percussion, keyboards, guitar, and vocals. Its creation was initiated by Paul McCartney's interest in the London avant-garde scene and through his connection with design from Binder, Edwards, and Vaughan, often called BEV, and headed by the partners Doug Doug Binder, Dudley Edwards, and David Vaughan. So... Yeah, this was publicly uh, performed, but uh, since the event, Carnival of Light has rarely been heard and does not circulate on bootlegs. Mm-hmm. For McCartney, the piece came to hold significance in his efforts to be recognized as the first Beatle to fully engage with the avant-garde, over a year before John Lennon recorded Revolution 9. In 1966, sorry, in 1996, McCartney tried to release the track on the Beatles Anthology 2 compilation, but its inclusion was vetoed by his former bandmates. What? What the hell? Why wouldn't they let it? Oh, come on. McCartney confirmed he still has the tape in 2008. As of 2016, he was still considering releasing it. All right. So. Anyway. Um, they were hoping it would be on the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's, I guess in 2017. Giles Martin, who oversaw a new stereo remix of Sgt. Pepper for the 50th, commented that the track was considered for inclusion, but it wasn't really part of Pepper. It's a very different thing. Just put it on there, damn it! Adding that Carnival of Light was never meant to be a record. In fact, it's one of those things that fans talk about but was meant for the roundhouse. Martin nonetheless expressed a hope to do something interesting with the track in the future. So that's the big one that we're all waiting for. And uh, so all four Beatles were on it as vocals, tape effects, piano, organ, guitar, and tambourine. So I have a feeling we'll hear it at some point, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's not available. Not available. Though if you had a time machine, you could go to that event and hear it, and you could obviously you'd obviously record it, you know. If you went back, I don't know why they vetoed it. That's really ridiculous to veto it. We want all the Beatles music, damn it! Thank you. All right, <laughs> back to you, PQ. The Carnival of Light, the Carnival of Light. Ah, yes. Um, I, I just. I have this feeling that if it's ever released, it, it's 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 going to be just a bunch of I don't know. I yeah, I want to hear it, and my curiosity has been piqued for how many years now? But it's, it's like that the background washes from benefit of Mister Kite or something. I get the feeling, which you know, it it should have been included somewhere in a context in the day. But who knows, maybe Paul will add something to it or mess with it and sample it. Um, I don't know. Early experimental electronic music, while in its time, had a real frisson. Uh, I Going back to it, a lot of it is just people messing around with a synthesizer and backwards tapes and loops, which uh, now is like, commonplace to the point where nobody does it almost anymore um i don't know but 
And I got extra thanks to Frank because I know he is a very busy man these days with, with both that he's got his job and dealing with his uh, father's estate, I'm sure. So uh, thanks for contributing. And uh, I hope everything is uh, rolling with that. And uh, we'll, 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 I'm actually recorded as I fumble mouth, that that's one of my trademarks. Some people would cut them out of their podcast, the apathetic, but it, it's part of the whole thing of being Brett and appreciating things. And uh, PQ River did it a heck of a lot, too. Um, I actually recorded a brief segment um, on this, which we'll follow right now, and uh, we'll get you out of here. This is a, a particularly short Overnight Scape Central, but quality stuff, I think. Uh, Frank, me, how could you do better? And you could have. And uh, you could have been here. And I am hoping for next week we draw out a few more of our people. I'm doing a call out, baby. This is your chance to talk about the Beatles anthology or just the Beatles in general. And all that is coming up. Let's listen to me. Yeah, let's take a look. I mean, it looks like we only have Frank here. So the appreciator steps in. And uh, let's uh, do a track-by-track look uh, from this point of view at the Beatles' Rarities album. And uh, it opens up with the, quote-unquote, what I always thought of as the other, better, non let it be version of across the universe uh there was the one that john recorded for a charity album and it's just not phil specterized and it's a classic version of it and then uh, uh the yes it is song um which was a b-side in the uk it was on one of the u.s albums i think quite possibly rubber so I don't even remember but I like that one it's very slow and it's got that ringing guitar sound uh, is that feedback but it, it's a pretty one um third track this boy which takes us way back uh, if you watch the hard days and night movie that's Ringo's theme and uh, again uh, we, we got really slow mellow Beatles songs, one, two, three on the uh, agenda. And then up the strange George Harrison B-side, which when Harrison got into his Indian music, I think this is the first that he recorded. And I remember the first time I heard it, and I just couldn't believe this was a Beatles song. But there's something about Harrison's voice that carries the strange orchestration. And uh, it, it's more uh, uh, Vedic philosophy, perhaps, but it's still, I mean, it's more upbeat than the other songs. It's got the tablas, the Indian drums, and uh, I don't know, I guess you could dance to it. The Inner Light, uh, yeah, let's, uh, I'll Get You, which takes us back to the Beatles harmonica early days, and it's got that great harmonica sound. And uh, it's faster, but it's still not a rocker. In fact, so far, there isn't a rocker on the album, and that isn't changed because the sixth song is Thank You, Girl, which is a great 
early recording, uh, probably 1964, and uh, a fun pop song, another B-side in the UK. And then um, the German version of I Wanna Hold Your Hand, which that's a catchy song no matter what language it's in. Come give me deine Hand. Come give me deine Hand. Yeah, you know what I mean. And if you, it, it's, and then the weird Beatles song, the one that uh, as a kid, because Let It Be was on all the jukeboxes and I knew. That was the flip side. And it's one of the strangest, I mean, it's not as strange as Revolution Number no. 9, but uh, they are having a great time. And at one point, they're even kind of making fun, like The Goon Show, uh, which they, they would do wacky stuff on their Christmas records. And um, this is in the same vein. And it, it, it's the song goes through several phases and genres of music. And uh, when we get to the Beatles anthology, there's a version that has even more. It has a whole other verse, but we'll get to that when we get to it. And then uh, the other German song that they recorded, uh, their version of She Loves You, Selibdik. And, uh, yeah, Selibdik, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Beatles played in Hamburg, so this makes perfect sense. Uh, they uh, had at least a smattering of German and uh, pandering to a market, perhaps, but it worked and they didn't do a lot of that after the first uh, phase of the Beatles but I guess they didn't need to which is how that works uh, side two starts with rain which was a great single in its day um, kind of neo psychedelic sounding and uh, strong guitar and Ringo's drums on this one are really um, you can tell he was maybe listening to John Bonham or something in this era. Um, Eleven is uh, that a great, it's almost a ska song, uh, She's a Woman. And it, it's just, it opens with that, uh, just that beat, which is different. And at the time, uh, it was on a 45, it was a B-side, I believe, but it was like a double A-side, really, for the radio purposes. I think it was the back of I Feel Fine, but I could, in the U.S. Yeah, that's the thing, I, I know I'm contradicting, but my memories are still all of those Capitol Records records, but for the sake of continuity and the sake of those, I don't even know if you can get those American releases in that sequence anymore. It's like a lost thing, unless you're some sort of record collector or an old guy like me, like the appreciator. Um, that you're just so, yeah, we're, we're moving on. Yes. Uh, the next song uh, is Matchbox, which is a Carl Perkins cover, and it's got that real dangerous sounding guitar and Ringo sings and uh, it, it, it's just a fun I mean if you play the guitar or music it's a simple one four five song but it, it, it's a great and catchy one um, I Call Your Name is kind of a romantic-y song uh, it was from an EP that uh, we never really uh, went into but Long Tall Sally which is another rock and roll song possibly their rockiest but that 
I don't believe is on this album. No, it is not. But it wound up on an American album, if I recall correctly, as did Bad Boy. And uh, that that's, as a kid, I liked it. It's another like really simplistic Beatles song in that one four five mode, but uh, it's another one where John Lennon really sings his heart out, so to speak. Even though it's not a romantic or meaningful song, it's just about some uh, juvenile delinquent. Basically, now Junior, behave yourself. Um, slow down. Uh, uh, they had a friend, and while they toured in Germany, Larry Williams, and they recorded a few of his songs, Bad Boy being one of them, and Slow Down being another. And the nice, it was a favor, and it was a song they liked both at the same time, because, of course, if a song you wrote wound up on a Beatles album, there's this little thing called royalties. And probably to this day, the Larry Williams estate gets uh, a healthy little uh, bit of pocket money from uh, the fact that the Beatles recorded these songs. And uh, Slow Down is uh, just an R&B song. And, and R&B really did influence the Beatles, if you listen to the only the early albums. Um, and then uh, Paul McCartney, one of his screamers, I'm Down, uh, real rocker. Um, and he's just doing his, uh, I guess, sort of uh, Little Richie, Little Richard, uh, thing and uh, I, I like that one uh, I'm really down and oh I was wrong Long Tall Sally just another um, Paul McCartney yeller and possibly his best and definitely a Little Richard song and yeah that, that that's the album and uh, I meant it, it's it's kind of, it, it starts off with ballads and it ends with rockers. It's got a nice mood to it. And uh, according to this, uh, it peaked at 71 on the charts, which that's kind of disappointing. But it sold enough copies to be a silver record. And uh, it, as, as I we will discuss later, uh, this whole album or probably uh, Frank will have brought it up. Uh, this album was just replaced by another compilation. But yeah, there you go. Uh, and the U.S. album, yeah, all these songs we went over in their context in the U.K. So uh, that's that. And... Um, yeah, next time, as uh, you might know already, because I kind of said it, we are going to look at Anthology 1, the first of the three later uh, releases where they kind of went into the vaults finally. The stuff that, uh, well, that there's still stuff that was on bootlegs that they haven't released. But for the average Beatle fan, this saved them the trouble of finding some weird little funky record store and buying some potentially poorly recorded or pressed copy. Nice, clean versions. So, uh, yes, Anthology 1 will be the topic of next week's Overnightscape Central. Uh, and the deadline for your sure participation is any time before... Uh, the night of uh, Monday, 
June 12th, 2023. And it's no big deal. Just do a little recording. You don't have to be anything. And, and, and even if you have just comments on the Beatles in general, this is your chance. And uh, while I keep saying that, your chances will wind down. Oh, I'll do it next week. You can now talk about any or all of the Beatles albums, and it's not like you're spoiling the material. Uh, or just Beatles songs that you like, Beatles songs that you don't like. Um, go for it. And the email address for you to go for it at is kpqr.torc at gmail.com. And as always, I repeat, kpqr.torc at gmail.com. And, and, and we'd all like to hear from you. I'm certain of it. And uh, until we meet again, which will be soon, uh, I got to thank Frank Edward Nora for being here. And I got to tell you, set the controls for the heart of the fun.